0: Welcome one and welcome all. It is February twelfth, Sunday, of course, and we are on upstream episode number one thirty-six titled Blackberry Mobile. James, Chris, why is this the title? What is going on with this? Uh
1: well basically that's a very long-winded answer, but we'll <laughs> eventually get there. <laughs> the title is Really, because that's what James made it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is true. James' creative juices were very, very light today. Actually, I was like, you know what? Crackberry did a podcast called What the Heck is BB Mobile? So why don't we just follow that up calling this one BB Mobile, right? Exactly. For further clarification. Alex, I know you and I were talking about listening to that previous podcast that, that um, Crackberry did. Yeah. How was it for you in terms of the uh, the experience that you heard Hearing Kevin back on Crackberry, talking with, with Steve Sistoli over there from TCL. I, were you getting hyped? I know we kind of talked about this yeah. a little bit last week. Like, what will it take to get Alex hype uh, Have we found what that is yet?
0: Yeah, no, I actually enjoyed it, and I got sucked in. Um, you know, I think Kevin handled it well. Um, he had a lot of... There were a lot of good questions that just went around in general, and it was a nice discussion, something that like we haven't really had to that level. Uh, we don't, It's not like we have someone like him to uh, come on and really talk about the plans for TCL and uh, the explanation of what's going on truly with BlackBerry Mobile and how, in a way, they're they're trying to break off from BlackBerry but still use BlackBerry as the brand. Um, I, I kind of like that because like, BlackBerry should be known as the software company, and when you refer to the phones you shouldn't refer to them as TCL, you should refer to them as BlackBerry Mobile. And it's like a, a subdivision of BlackBerry. I, I like that, and I think it was an interesting discussion, a lot of great back and forth, and I'm actually um, looking forward to a lot of what's going on. It sounds like that there's a lot of plans, there's a lot of, you know, partnering up and, uh, you know, trying to build hype in things, and um, I don't know, I'm I'm actually getting kind of excited. I, I think that the that actually helped quite a bit, that podcast that they did, so...
2: Yeah, it was one of those things for me, like listening to it, the hype was genuine, which I thought was the, yeah. the most critical piece there, right, where it wasn't just like, eh, we're, we're fluffing this up. I mean, everyone on board was was really, really engaged with what was going on and i don't don't know blaze this might sound weird because we're talking about you right in the third person (laughs) degree because uh you were on that podcast but uh you know anyone listening to this if you haven't heard the the crackberry podcast definitely go check out the interview i mean there's a lot of good stuff in there one of the things like i want to give some kudos to is like steve knew what he was talking about like and it's hard to kind of convey that on a separate podcast but I think Kevin asked some some questions relative to like security, right, and and what where the secret sauce was for BlackBerry. And Steve was like, you know, secure boot, you know, uh, enhanced kernel additions, and like really went heavy into talking about what the actual security, uh, you know, additives that BlackBerry has. And I was really impressed that. They understood the brand intimately, right? They knew exactly what they were getting into and what the, the value proposition that BlackBerry offers, you know, with the securities perspective and all the stuff that BlackBerry is doing to keep Android secure on their devices and, and how that relationship works. I mean, he batted that question down like nothing. And I thought, again, excellent that we have someone at the helm of this, this new venture for BlackBerry with BB Mobile who really understands the brand what the value is and all of that stuff so i was very impressed to see that i was surprised because i didn't think we'd get such an intimate answer in terms of the blackberry side of this, the security story but again that's when you know a partnership is working when both sides really know what's going on and that came across readily in that podcast and uh aside from that that uh <laughs> that teaser midway through about the vice names that kind of got me uh <laughs> i'm like what is it and then you know <laughs> always good to kind of uh Get that lead on, right? It just leaves you open for more and more. What was a, a key takeaway from you, Blaze, actually like being on the call and actually you know, being part of the dialogue? And maybe was there a question that you wish you could have asked that maybe wasn't asked something a little bit more pressing for some of the community to get an answer to?
1: Um, I mean, some of the key t- takeaways was basically just like
2: the the in
1: depth knowledge and and everything else that Steve brought along to the conversation. Like you said, he does know exactly what uh, what the story is that they're trying to tell, and basically he he uh, you know the company seems to basically understand what it is that black that BlackBerry means to the fans and, and the the user base and everything along those lines. So I think that was one of the key takeaways and. Um, you know, going through it, there was a lot of things that he said that were like, okay, yes, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. You you may not have necessarily known that, that those were the things that you wanted to hear, but those were the things that you wanted to hear after they were said, right? Um, uh, one of the, I guess, one of the bigger questions um, that we probably missed out on, and I don't know, I don't know in the grand scheme of things, I don't know how relevant it really would have been to, to go ahead and put like a a number behind it or get an answer for it. But I mean, it's one of the things that, uh, that always does seem to come up is like, what, what, what would be considered a a success in terms of sale volume and stuff like that. And I think, uh, I think that was one of the things that Kevin had, had pegged to, to go ahead and ask as well, but he, he didn't get around to it. And, I think it's a fair question like what what how many how many devices do you have to sell in order to be able to go ahead and consider it a success and and I say that um, as being a question that I would uh, have liked to have an answer for but at the same time it's one of those things where you can tell um, basically just off off of Steve's answers that it's not it's not a short-term strategy for them at this point they don't you know, it's not like it's not like if we only sell like one million of these things, we're going to pack it up and and call it a day. You know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't come down to that. This this is the first device in the, in the many devices that they have planned to be able to go ahead and roll out. So you know, the the answer would just be self serving, I guess you could say. It doesn't really mean anything in the long run um, because again, it, it is a long term strategy for them, and they're not they're not looking to be able to go ahead and, and and you know flip everything over with just this one singular device. They they plan on putting out more devices and being able to go ahead and, and and corner that market with those devices when they do essentially put them to market. So yeah, I mean that that's like I said, that's one of the key things that I would have liked to have answered, but at the same time it's it's kind of like a non relevant question, knowing that it is a long-term strategy that they have um, planned out and mapped out for
2: for now. Yeah, it's kind of like leading the witness, that type of question, you know, where it's, uh, it's, like you said, self-serving to ask it. You know, device sales, I think, is one of those things that is super relevant, but at the end of the day, it's also not a good metric for success, especially when it, you're, you're purporting someone else's brand, right, or you're bringing life to another brand. I mean, look at what they did with Alcatel. You know, it's it's pretty obvious to see there that that was a slow, consolidated effort over time to kind of bring everything up to speed and kind of reinvigorate the brand. And that's exactly what I expect to see here, right? It's going to be that long-term play. And that's good, too, right? It gives confidence in people to continue buying these phones and continue to support BlackBerry because there is a little bit of a roadmap and trajectory, something you can kind of expect in and rely on. Um, you know i don't want i don't want to get too heavy on the mercury but i'm i'm definitely looking forward to it because this seems something like of a magnitude in terms of the the launch or size i mean uh, on the podcast that you guys did with steve he talked about about 500 people or less in attendance and that's a lot of people that's a pretty sizable launch event i think that's up there with you know what we saw in you know the various different bb10 Individual launch events around the globe, and yeah. that to me is a uh, pretty impressive because we haven't had something of that scale in quite some time. So I find it pretty interesting that they're kind of going all in right now, and really investing in making sure that BB Mobile is a brand that has the staying power necessary, to really penetrate the market and right and give us something to look forward to longer term. I apologize if anyone's having trouble with YouTube right now. I hear there's some connection issues, so we're we're going to keep trucking through nonetheless. But, uh, Alex, in terms of the Mercury, like, we've talked form factor before. If the device were to, were to have, you know, other benefits to it outside of what's, like, immediately available and the things that we've seen, would it entice you more? Is there, like, a particularly, like, a, a killer feature or something that you think the device needs to have to kind of have that staying power? Or is the keyboard enough, you think, to kind of get the device out there and get it launched?
0: Yeah, man, I think depend, it really just that the market that's going to buy this phone is one that will be using a keyboard, and that's all it really needs to do well. Um, I think, you know, even on the podcast before, they had mentioned um, something about, you know, the camera's going to be great, and, you know, that's, and battery's going to be great, and um, that's not, the camera bit isn't very normal thing for Blackberry, but it's like, do I think this, this phone having a phenomenal camera is going to sell it? I think the people that are going to buy it, you know, are buying it for the keyboard. they like, it's great if it has a nicer camera and the battery works well, but yeah, really between the battery and the, and the keyboard, those are probably the two main things that at least I would buy the phone for. I don't really see what they can do. Hardware wise, you know, USB-C, I like that, but you know, I I already see like my aunt being confused by it because she's not used to using USB-C and she probably has a few other chargers and stuff. So uh, hardware wise, I don't really know what they can do. Um, I don't think it matters too much. And then software wise, you know, being on Nougat, which we already know it's going to be on Nougat, and then having that be optimized and working well. And, you know, maybe them just stepping up their game a little bit with some of their functionality, um, you know, making the hub be a little bit better, the side swiping, uh, you know, quick task thing uh, to be maybe more functional. Um, other than that, I don't I don't really see, I mean, nothing really comes to mind, I guess.
1: The thing with that, though, is like, you say that you know most people probably aren't gonna buy it for the camera, but at the same time, I do think that, like, I think, and I, just to be clear, I agree with you, most people aren't gonna buy it for the camera. However, I think that there is that sort of on the fringe audience that would look at that and they would be like, oh, well, okay, it does have a nice camera. Yeah. I don't necessarily need the keyboard. I think, I think it captures some of the people who may possibly, be on the fence in regards to actually picking it up and giving it a shot right like the more benefits that it has that are are made clear then it, the more reason people do have to go ahead and pick it up they're like you know if you're thinking like yeah maybe i'll pick it up because of the, i, I kind of want to try the keyboard but it also has a good camera and the battery life is good it gives it. It's just a little bit more incentive like there's there's less drawbacks to be able to say well i'm not going to pick it up because it doesn't have a good camera or it doesn't have a good battery life or whatever right so yeah like i said i i totally agree with you nobody's going to go out and buy it just strictly for the camera however having those things certainly does uh, improve the sellability factor of it i guess you could say
2: Yeah, they they have to make sure those core tenants are taken care of. I absolutely think a good camera these days goes a long way, especially because I think people's expectations of cameras over, especially over the last couple of years, have changed quite a bit. You know, we we went back from the days where it's like, you know, I'm not really measuring my phone's value based off the camera to now that's kind of a staple feature people have to have. I think it's imperative that they kind of have the bases covered and covered well. That's what's going to keep people on a device for a longer period of time yeah. too if you're gonna migrate from one device to another, you want to make sure it has those core competencies taken care of so that you know you're you're getting the most value and bang for your buck right and Mercury seems like one of those devices that like you know it's going to be good at you know the typing and that type of messaging experience and if it can cover those other bases really well, you know in addition that's just more benefit to the price that you're going to pay for it right i don't think the specs you know notwithstanding on you know what the internals may be i think i think really what's going to be we're looking at right now is what a what a flagship android blackberry looks like in kind of a new way right where it's not necessarily this this giant spec race but more about what that hardware and software can do together and I think, really, we're going to have a very, very well-optimized device, especially because, you know, we're working with Nougat as well, right? We're going to be getting that right out the gate, and hopefully that comes to other devices such as the Priv, the DTEC line, and so forth. Uh, what about the name, Alex, right? Mercury's so good. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, I don't want to say good, but it's, like, so here like it's already yeah. what we're calling it in for all intents and purposes that this device is the mercury like seo and all that stuff right so tell us from a business perspective that it, 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 does it make sense to change the name now that's laid in the game and go for something kind of new and kind of just create new hype new spark over a different name or kind of take that branding make it your own and sell a story behind it
0: yeah i mean realistically i think one thing that just clicked Uh, this week that made me feel like they need to keep this name is I was at my aunt's house and she randomly mentioned over dinner she said so you know Alex do you have any news on the the Mercury and I'm like wait what like how how do you even know that you know it's like I've just you know you know she watches every episode right yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's like realistically for for say some of the general market, obviously she's a bit more than the general market. She's obviously paying attention to BlackBerry to some extent, but she's not reading CrackBerry by any means. And the fact that she knows the name, why create a brand new name that doesn't have any meaning behind it? Like yeah, you can say okay, this is the you know the DTEC 80 or or something along those lines, but it's like Mercury kind of gives it some like identity. It makes it feel like it's like something different. And I like it. I feel like it's an actual brand that you can use, and it's like, why not launch the first like phone under you know Blackberry Mobile as having like a nice name brand that people know? And I, I just think that they should keep it. I mean, I don't I don't see why they should change it. I don't know.
2: It just seems like more work than than necessary, yeah. right? Like figure out the figure out the trademark for Mercury, just make it happen, and then deliver right on it. Because Steve gave. Steve gave more explanation for the Mercury name in the last Crackberry podcast than I've ever thought about personally, right? It was like three different different scenarios, and it's like well, why was then the message at CES that like Mercury was never a code name, but that's what people, you know, the internet is calling it and now they're kind of getting behind the name, right? And that's that's how it at least seemed to me that there was a little bit more of like an explanation as to go, you know, as to why the name was as such. Blaze, how do you feel about it, man? I know you've kind of remarked in the past like, "Yeah, just leave it Mercury." But does that make sense at this point to kind of just keep it along along the lines Alex kind of just mentioned that, you know, it seems like more work than not to go ahead and try to create another brand name and, and, and get that out there to people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess it really depends on what their long-term is. Like, you know, one of the solutions he was like, well, when the second device comes out, it will be more clear as to why the first device got named that. Um, but I don't know. It, it's kind of like one of those things, if they have a plan and there's a reasoning for it, then obviously they, they probably want to stick with that plan and go ahead and change it, right? But um, I would say if there was no plan and they, they were just like picking names out of a hat, then yeah, just stick with Mercury. But clearly it seems as though that they actually have a plan for it, so... You know, we'll see. We'll see what the actual
2: name is. But at that maybe,
0: point. maybe that the plan is, you know, Mercury, Neptune, Jupiter. Like they just stick with that. You know, that could be yeah, a maybe. plan. <laughs> that
2: that sounds gassy to me, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's. It, they should call it the Blackberry Blaze. Like, why don't we have a Blackberry Blaze device? That's right? the question, right? That's just the no brainer. Like it's the alliteration. The yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh absolutely, yeah, I've absolutely. For, that for years, it still hasn't happened. So. <laughs> Blaze is gonna be a Barcelona with a couple drinks, couple couple drinks back, and he's like, "Steve, my man, you know, we got, we got, we gotta get a Blaze device out there." It, and uh, you know, it's funny because I think it, it, what's in a name, right? If you ask that question, there's not a whole lot of things in a name. But I think when you're talking about a new BlackBerry and BlackBerry Mobile, and you're trying to kind of reposition yourself here, a name means a lot. And as as Alex kind of mentioned, you know the media has already pro- proliferated this name out there to a lot of people, and it's already kind of taken hold. You have to you have to respect that to a degree in terms of how you're going to roll out this device and be able to tell that story of either growth or evolution from the old Mercury name to something else. But I'm pretty positive that they're going to do a good job in, in getting all this together. I'm excited about the Mercury. And I think there's there's two reasons why I think I'm, I'm really excited. One, I think the community's really kind of galvanized at this point and kind of come, come together around the fact that this is the trajectory of BlackBerry going forward. I, I see a lot of people kind of respecting the moves that John Chen has made and how they've kind of lined up to bring these types of results Um you know, a year from now, we may be talking about more things than we've talked about in this last year of BlackBerry, right, where yeah, it was a little bit down on news. There wasn't a lot to talk about, but now there's there may be more news for us to keep up with and we maybe even – Anticipate, right? With new devices and, and different partnerships happening, so I think the community galvanizing around the new trajectory of BlackBerry, but also I think the way John Chen has architected the transition has been just one that's very respectable, right? He, he's he had a clear vision and he's executed on it. I'm interested to see how some of the other moves that they've done come together. For instance, uh, you know what we're seeing with the BBM Enterprise SDK and expanding that out to developers. I, I did not see that coming personally. Blaze, uh, this is this is an open move, really, where they are allowing uh, enterprise developers and different companies to basically build BBM's messaging and functionality of communication into their applications, and then basically using messaging and communication as a service. How do you think that is going to work for BlackBerry in terms of uh, you know their proliferation into these other companies and brands? Do you think there's people that really want to go and build that type of functionality into their app? or make a homebrew solution all their own
1: i don't know i think uh, i think basically one of the things there is that there are people who want to be able to go ahead and build these integrations directly in there and they want you know a reliable service that they have and bbm has essentially proven itself to be reliable over the years um you know when was the last time that you really had a problem with bbm services right um uh,
2: bbm pin invites and we won't talk about that right? aside from
1: that, <laughs> i mean that's that's kind of like you know they still they still haven't figured out you know spam on email let alone bbm so <laughs> it's kind of one of those things that's ongoing nobody no 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 service is perfect when it comes to spam or anything like that but uh not to make excuses for it but it's one of those things where we still deal with it through regular email and email has been around for years right so um i don't know i see i see lots of people wanting to go ahead and uh integrate those services but at the same time i have to um i have to wonder if You know, BlackBerry and BBM services are going to be at the top of that list when it comes down to a consideration of what services to actually implement, Um, because there are a a few players out there, and I believe um, Twilio has like the market at this point in terms of of that sort of integration with messaging and all of that stuff. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how that how the landscape plays out for that. But I do believe that there is. Uh, essentially, a market there for them to be able to go ahead and make use of it. Of course, um, it's just one of those things. How how much effort are they going to go ahead and push into it? Uh, I think it, it, it in order to be able to go ahead and get people to adopt it, they need to prove that it is essentially better. Give people a reason to be able to to try it out and and implement it in the first place, rather than you know just letting it be there and let developers. Sort of like choose to go ahead and use it. Like you need you need to go out and tell these people why it's the better product to be able to go ahead and implement versus um, some of the other services that are available. And historically, I, I don't know Blackberry has has done a great job of that. Um, you know they, they they've done fairly well in terms of uh, uh, of bez and things along those lines in the past. So hopefully, this will be something that they can they can go ahead and push along with it and. You know, long-term strategy. Let's let's see how it plays out for them. Uh, it, it's definitely something that they can use. Whether or not it will be used is an entirely different story.
2: I think it's just an interesting leverage point for BBM, especially when they've tried to monetize it many different ways across many different verticals. They've monetized the consumer focus, right? They've got MTech on board, MTech's paying for access, developing it. But then you've got the other side of that story with the BBM enterprise. And, you know, aside from the subscriptions, right, and in, in getting the service, this is a great way for them to kind of build in and and leverage the scale of what they're able and capable of doing. And I don't know if you guys remember, but John Chen in a a past interview was talking about how they wanted this year to work basically on expanding the NOC infrastructure and building that out and modernizing it. And this is probably an underlying kind of goal that they wanted to get toward. Right. They wanted to have something that is scalable and, and, and integratable with other services and other players building out on this SDK so that they can, again, have more people on board using the service and kind of on the back end, figuring out how that works. If you dig into like the nitty gritty on how the SDK works, it's like a subscriptions type service, right? Where you pay to get access on a subscription basis to the SDK that on, a, on an enterprise and company scale is a pretty interesting proposition and arguably is gonna be make way more money for them than just you know BBM protected right and giving people that access. So again John Chen just very very interestingly finding ways to monetize BlackBerry's assets maybe in ways we didn't even initially anticipate. So it's always good to see. So Alex when when is uh when are we getting off of Slack and jumping over to BBM Enterprise anytime soon? I don't
0: know. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just give us there. some
2: desktop support right yeah. before we can make that argument, right? Yeah, this is true. Yeah. It, definitely stopped there. So, we we talked about BlackBerry Jot as this doodle app, more or less, right, where you could take a screenshot and doodle doodle on top of it, and then BlackBerry put out a post on their blog, you know, talking about BlackBerry Notable, which is a renamed, rebranded version of BlackBerry Jot, but then the links didn't work on the post, and then the post got <laughs> taken down. <laughs> so, uh, I obviously someone jumped the gun there, right, but... I guess this is kind of where I'm getting to with what I want from the BlackBerry Hub services and and the overall Android experience. It's like, I want them to supplement more of the experience with new stuff, right? And BlackBerry Jot's kind of an idea of of where I want things to expand toward, right? Give me more productivity. Give me nice, easy accessibility features such as this. Like, right now, I take a screenshot on Android, right? I get this a little notification I can slide down from that I can click on it I can then share it to an editor or I can then edit it and then I can modify it and then kick it over to another program to doodle on it if I want to and then save and share that and it's a, kind of a tedious process right I got to jump through maybe two or three apps several different screens this is an easy low-hanging fruit for them to kind of come in and say all right well here here's an app that does a, a function and feature that you'd use quite a bit right and It's almost like uh, they take the best of what Snapchat does, right, where you can just kind of like annotate and highlight, but then add in some, some actual productivity and some usefulness to it. And I think that's a good move. I'd like to see more of this, and I don't know exactly where that comes from in terms of you know where else they can lay in some some other productivity. But in terms of the subscription with Hub Plus Services, the more that they can add in there, the merrier, right? Especially when it's, you're paying for it yearly, the more value that's there, the more you know enticing that whole solution seems to be. Is something like BlackBerry Notable, Alex, something you'd actually use? I mean, just like, again, as a low-hanging fruit, something very easy to... Because like right now... I use Google Keep to accomplish mm-hmm. this, but you have to share it into Keep and then you got to open it in Keep and then you got to, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit, it's not the most seamless process ever, right? So will you at least kind of take a look at, at Notable and see what it can do for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what what you're using it for. That's something we're almost, so like for, for writing on a screenshot before sending it over to someone, because that's probably one of the scenarios that I'll, I do most. I screenshot, I want them to see a specific part um, and yeah, there are some Android apps, but they're all bunky. They don't work very well for some reason. That's where, I mean, I don't want to give props to Allo because Allo sucks in a lot of ways, but that's where you can take a picture and you could draw on it right down and send it. It's kind of like the Snapchat kind of thing where maybe that should just be built into BBM, but for everything else, like that you're not just sending those messages to people. Sometimes you're going to do it an email or something like that. And that's where it would definitely make sense um, to use it. So I'm definitely going to check it out. It would be nice. Um, If it's not exclusive to, uh, you know, BlackBerry mobile device and if we can get it on other devices. And that's where I think BlackBerry is a software company. They should really be focusing on the software and less about you have to buy this phone uh, in order to use it. So I guess we'll see with that, but I'll definitely check it out regardless.
2: And I did a I did a post on CrackBerry with sharing a video that BlackBerry put on their social media on YouTube, talking about the enterprise of things, right, and and making that transition toward really securing endpoints, right, and and people ask where we got the name endpoint for endpoint, <laughs> and that's ex- that's exactly where we got it, right. We we looked at where where BlackBerry is really going. And and moreover, really, the endpoints that we're all surrounded by every day, right? We've got phones, we've got tablets, we've got computers. And I think the people we interact with as well are different endpoints that we're, we touch base with. And looking at that video and seeing them kind of put it together in a grand scheme that BlackBerry literally is everywhere you are, right? Securing you at different places and points in time, it starts begging the question, you know, when when is an endpoint a starting point for something new and something else? And with the enterprise of things and things like BlackBerry Jot, the more endpoints that they can reach people at, the better. Be it through a simple Doodle app, where that you know allows you to jot down or note, you know, a, a screenshot, or over to the BlackBerry Hub, right, which is released and has that, that dark theme now, like available for everyone. I think. BlackBerry needs to continue working on how to leverage their own value to really service those different endpoints wherever they may be, right? And as Alex said, right, we'll see in terms of how accessible it is with the Hub Plus services, but having an app like this that is not landlocked to just BlackBerry smartphones is something they got to have. That's got to be part of that cross-platform focus here on out. Uh, Blaze, in terms of Notable or Jot, (laughs) how do you feel about the naming change there kind of last minute? I mean... Blackberry has one of those things in terms of software that's almost like it's not broke. Why fix it? But then you know they do these user testing and then they change things, right? How do you feel about the the change from jot over to notable? Does it maybe make sense long term?
1: Um, maybe. Uh, I don't know it's hard to say, but I mean the name itself I and mean, people will eventually get used to it, but it I just don't understand why it changed anyways to notable maybe it makes more sense maybe we'll see it when then when the full app actually comes out but just seems like a little silly thing like if i look in google play now there's plenty notable apps right so i don't know blackberry jot just seemed a little bit more unique than blackberry notable yeah um In terms of the app, though, I think that it's one of those things where BlackBerry, I'm glad to see it arrive. I hope people use it. I hope that they continue it because that was one of the things that, you know, we wanted in the long-term strategy for BlackBerry's Android software anyways, was for them to go ahead and continue, keep putting out, you know, these little, little apps that, you know, improve productivity or enhance the experience in some sort of way. And if this is one of them, then why not put it out there, right? It's just it's kind of unfortunate that it made its appearance a little bit ahead of time. Now people just are like, well, where's this app? Why y'all screwed up again? Kind of, kind of scenario, but, um, you know, it'll, it'll eventually come out. I'm guessing that it will probably arrive next week at some point. Um, and people will download it and check it out. And um, like Alex said, anything anything that they can add more to be able to go ahead and and get people to try the BlackBerry Hub Suite. Uh, if you're paying for it, and you know people kind of expect a lot more. And if they continue to keep adding it, then that just increases the incentive for people to actually go ahead and try it out. You know, the, instead of five apps, you know, have six apps or whatever, however many apps that are there. Are there right, the more the better. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I'll give it a go when it comes out. If I can, if I if I find it useful and I can fit it into my workflow or whatever, if it's maybe you know a little bit better than than Blackberry Keep, or if I find that I really have a necessity to write on screenshots, then I'll I'll definitely use it.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I see myself using this like very, very immaturely with Alex, you know, <laughs> where I'll screen a conversation and be like, look, you lied or or something like that, right? <laughs> but uh, that that's business for you, right? It it comes out in many different ways. One of our patron supporters, and, and and really kudos to all of them for sticking with us as we go through this transition, had an interesting question for us that I want to kind of close the podcast with here as we cross the 30-minute mark. This is from Rico.
1: Hello upstream.
2: Well, <laughs> I guess I can't turn the screen off, can I?
1: <laughs> Hello upstream. How are you guys? This is Rico from Spain. And this is my question. From what I see now, we have three companies, actually unheard of in the market, manufacturing, distributing, and servicing BlackBerry devices. There's basically nothing like this in the world right now. Can a brand like BlackBerry be serviced like this? What's your thoughts on this? Uh, Just wanted to add that uh, Blaze,
0: James, not sure if you're going, Alex, looking forward to seeing you guys in Barcelona, Spain. See you soon. Take care. Thanks, guys.
1: Good question.
2: Yeah, very good question, you know. And, And the question is, ultimately, is BlackBerry as a brand serviceable, in a piecemeal scenario, right, where we've got different hardware people playing in the BlackBerry branding space. Like, it's unheard of. No one's really doing this in the market. Is BlackBerry a brand that can actually make that work Blaze, what are some of your thoughts? We've kind of touched on it before. We've acknowledged the fact that this is kind of a new strategy, but we've never really shared our thoughts on whether we think it's going to work long term. Do you think that, you know, having spoken with TCL and kind of seen more of the strategy firsthand that this is something that's going to be beneficial for BlackBerry specifically?
1: Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, I think that you know there's probably going to be a little bit of initial confusion. I mean, we're 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 out here we're making podcasts explaining what BlackBerry Mobile is, right? So obviously there's um, some initial confusion that needs to be cleared up there. Uh, but once people set that into their minds, uh, that will essentially just go away. And I guess the biggest thing t- to point out is that. Whatever is happening, like, say, for example, whatever is happening in India, um, you know, that that's not necessarily going to spill over into like the North American market or anything like that. Whatever is happening in Indonesia is not necessarily going to spill over to the North American market and whatever BlackBerry Mobile does in North America. Is not necessarily going to spill over into those markets, right? So, so basically, from from a market perspective, you you you're only getting what is being delivered to you. Um, so nobody is really going out and you know seeing all these different brands of devices. I mean, it, it, if you're really hardcore and you're really into it, then obviously you're going to see that stuff. Like um, you know, from a fan base perspective, but the regular average user. Uh, who lives in India or Indonesia or whatever isn't necessarily looking at those different scenarios. And the way I see it is that, basically, if if any of these ventures are successful in any sort of capacity, it sort of helps BlackBerry because the the money is coming in from the licensing, and the brand recognition is being built up. I mean, um, I don't I don't want I don't want to say like at some point in time BlackBerry could turn their turn their way back to hardware or anything like that, but if they are successful with these ventures that basically are being put out there, there is the opportunity for them to go ahead and and sort of take another look at hardware down the road to be able to go ahead and see if they can they can create uh, you know some of that 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 branding that they had previously with this scenario. And I mean, long term strategy for for everything in this regard. I mean. I don't see how I don't see how it could be terrible for BlackBerry in the long run. The only way that I, I envision it would be terrible would be if they they weren't so deeply invested with what the actual products are, like if they just said, you know, some random company can go ahead and build a device and put the BlackBerry name on it and it turns out to be You know one of the most terrible devices ever in the world and you know it has so many problems whatever i i predict that could be a problem however they're not in that scenario they're still tightly integrated with all of these these ventures that they have happening in some capacity to be able to say you know like no that's a crappy product you're not putting that out um they still have that that right or that 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 ability to be able to go ahead and 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 put a stop to those sort of things but if if it was a different scenario and there was just random companies putting out blackberry branded products then it would be it would be problematic but that right now it's not it's not that scenario so hopefully i mean the the long-term strategy and the return on it all will will be beneficial to the brand to be able to go ahead and and, you know keep up with the recognition that blackberry deserves in the long run Yeah.
0: yeah
2: yeah That's a fantastic answer, Blaze. <laughs> Blaze is like, all right, let's end this. Let's go. <laughs> you know, I just wanna, I just wanna speak here uh, on Blaze's point a little bit more, and and kind of put it in perspective because if you think about it, BlackBerry of old did use different hardware manufacturers to build their devices, right? They had Foxconn, they had Wistron, they had uh, Compile. They had, they had this type of strategy. It was just BlackBerry engineering kind of how that all laid out. Now they've just flipped who's doing the engineering of those devices, right? And who's planning and building all that out. But different players building different devices in different regions is not something new to BlackBerry, right? Foxconn built an Indonesian device for that specific market, right? Uh, We've also got other devices made for other regions before. So I think it's more of a now consolidated focus and people will be able to appreciate that a device was built for them. Right. And it speaks to their demographic as opposed to just, gosh, that BlackBerry Mercury is so beautiful, but I would never be able to afford it or so on and so forth. Right. It's now BlackBerry is going to have a consolidated effort to focus on what users want in any given region and really to be able to meet their customer wherever that customer is, as opposed to the other way around. So I think it's a great, great strategy. And I think right now in this landscape, BlackBerry is probably the only company right now who can really, really muster having this strategy be a benefit to them. I think others are going to start emulating this strategy. I think John's kind of at the cusp of something new in terms of uh, leveraging a brand licensing deal in this type of way. So definitely more to come. We're about to jump into our after show. We're going to talk a little bit more about Endpoint and explaining what this transition at Barry Flow is going through is, is, is really uh, entailing. And so our after show is going to be free for everyone. If you're watching right now live, simply stay on this link. It will go back live in about five minutes and you'll be able to watch it. Otherwise, you can catch the after show, after the show, and that'll be <laughs> for you. Um, the main thing that I kind of want to say to kind of preface the difference between Endpoint and Barrier Flow is that we haven't simply just rebranded, right? Uh, some of our social media has been kind of rebranded and tweaked to reflect the Endpoint branding, but when you think of Endpoint, I don't want you to think of BlackBerry content at all. We may share BlackBerry content there because it's something we do, but at Endpoint, Alex can speak to this as well. We're really focusing on helping build content creators, which is helping people produce content, different podcasts and things like that. And that's really what our patron supporters are now helping us enable. We're taking their funds and really helping and putting that into other content creators to build out a broader range of content. So you can kind of think of us more as a, a, a content distribution house and a producer of different medias as opposed to just one one brand focused on one type of messaging. We're really going to be sharing a bunch of things across a wider spectrum of content. For instance, I went to Chick-fil-A and had an awesome time sharing that story and doing a little vlog for everyone. So we'll talk more about that and other things about uh, Barcelona and such as we head toward the rise of Mercury here at the end of the month. Guys, take care. Appreciate you guys' this time. We'll catch you guys in the after show.
0: Of course. Later, guys. Take care, guys.